Hello, friendo. You know that feeling you get when you're around a good friend? There's nothing like it. It can make a bad day good and a good day great. I wanted to create a podcast that made me feel just like that. Every person has a story. And here in Friendo, we're going to celebrate them. I'm going to introduce you to fascinating people that will make us laugh, make us think, and inspire us. More than anything, this is a place where we can be ourselves. This is Friendo. Have you ever faced a fear head on? How did you feel about it afterwards? Pretty powerful, right? Well, I faced one recently. It has been two years since I left this beautiful country, but I finally did it. I took all the necessary steps and spent an amazing night in New York City. But I have to be totally transparent. In typical Amanda form, I was so nervous. I always get anxious before I do something new. And let me tell you, traveling in a pandemic is new to me. Happy to report I survived the experience and I'll tell you all about it in a little bit. Another thing that scares me a little is TikTok. I have three versions of myself on TikTok. I'm either laughing my head off, mindlessly scrolling, or feeling totally less than. And sometimes I have no idea where to even begin as a creator. My guest today, though, seems fearless and has it figured out. Livy, also known as Diary of an Honest Mom, shares freely about her highs and lows as a mother and is able to find the humor in all of it. She also shares openly about childhood trauma and is so relatable in the process. She cracks me up regularly, and I've had the pleasure to get to know her in real life. And let me tell you, she's a real deal, folks. Then make sure you stick around for this week's favorites as I share the perfect midday coffee break hack to get the caffeine fix quickly, the fanny pack of my dreams, and something that every dog owner needs. I'm Amanda Muse, and this is Frendo. Welcome to the podcast, Libby. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to chat with you today. It's my first time chatting with you. It's always nice to meet creators face to face. And I am genuinely just curious about your experience so far because you've had quite the success on TikTok. Um, But before we get into that, maybe you could just tell me a little bit about yourself and some of the hats that you wear. I know you're a mom. Uh, Tell me a little bit about yourself. My name is Libby. I have two kids. They are five and seven. My husband is a police officer, so he does the shift work thing. Um, And being a mom who has a shift working husband comes with its unique challenges. Uh, but yes, I now create full-time on TikTok and Instagram, and I'm launching a blog, and that is nothing like what I ever thought I was going to do with my life. <laughs> Two years ago, I was working in the education system as a teaching assistant, and I was getting my degree with a plan to become a teacher, and everything happened for me online, and I realized what I was really passionate about, um, and that's supporting women and supporting moms and encouraging people in their mental health and their journey. And I, uh, a week before teacher's college said, I'm not doing it. I'm going to become a content creator. So I wear the hat of working from home, being a full-time content creator now. And I never would have expected that. First of all, congratulations, because I have to say it's a pretty fun industry having been in this place for a while. So good for you. This is pretty exciting. You mentioned, you know, okay, so you're, you're creating on TikTok, Instagram, and now you're creating a blog. 
So I'm really curious about your experience kind of being thrust into this community. So tell me a little bit about like, how did you get started? Was it, was there like one video that launched it all? Like, how did this even come to be? I would say there was a good handful of videos. So I started back in March of 2020 when everybody else started on TikTok in our generation. And I didn't really think too much about it. I just started making videos and was like, this is so much fun. Like, I love being creative. I love connecting with people. And I quickly realized that uh, women and moms were like deeply needing a sense of community and needing to talk about hard things. And I was able to do that in a humorous way. So just making jokes about how much of a hot mess I am, or just about motherhood or parenting or, you know, that sort of thing. So I probably had three or four viral videos in about a two month span. And I was like, okay, I think there's something here. So then I, of course, became addicted to TikTok. And that's how I got started. (laughs) I remember seeing one of your videos before I realized who you were because that's how TikTok works, right? You're scrolling through, the algorithm serves you, people they think you'll enjoy. And I remember, I think I had done one of your voiceovers and it was kind of wordy. And I was like, we can do this. Keep saying it over and over. I was learning, right? Like you said, our generation got into this last March. Um, But one of the things that struck me through your content is, like you said, your ability to bring a little bit of humor to some of these difficult topics. Like, you do not shy away from some of those trickier topics that some people might just feel like, I don't even know how to talk about it for one, but then to bring a touch of humor to it. You know, how do I phrase this? Are you just comfortable talking about that in your regular day-to-day life? Or were you like, we just need to share this stuff? Like you said, people need a place to share. How, how did that start? So I've always been someone who's worn my heart on my sleeve and has been open to talking about hard things. I read some really pivotal books by Brene Brown about vulnerability and courage and just showing up as ourselves and the importance of that and how that really builds connection. And so I sort of made a conscious decision in my life that I was going to be willing to talk about hard things because I know that that is what helps people. And so many people have a difficult time talking about hard things. So when one person does it, it's sort of like, opens the door for other people to do that. And I think that's like a big part of the healing process is being able to talk about it and not carrying shame with our trauma or with the hard things of life, right? Because life is hard as it is. We don't need to add guilt and shame on top of that. So I just, I just have this mantra of wearing my heart on my sleeve and talking about it. Love that. I very much relate. I've been sharing my life online now for almost 10 years. And there's so much of that that's like, I'm not trying to be, and I see this in your content, you're not trying to be this aspirational person. You know, I don't, you don't want people to be like you. It's just like, hey, I'm doing life and I've also dealt with this little piece of something, whether it's a parenting you know, something with parenting. I just watched one of your videos today um, because I love the new pin feature where people can pin some of their content that maybe some folks hadn't seen. And there was just this beautiful one you had done with your husband about wanting to connect with him and that, you know, you kind of started this whole thing, this whole family life together and wanting to still connect with him as a person, not just like the other adult in your life doing all the life responsibilities with you. And that just that one little gem that you can share with people is so relatable. Um, I love that you brought up Brene Brown. She's like my guru. I freaking love that woman. I've seen her speak like three times or something now. Woman, I'm like weeping just listening to her. She's unbelievable. Like 
right to the heart. You know, that ability to talk about some of those you know, shame filling moments. Um, one of the little videos I popped on today was, you know, and I it inspired me actually, I want to make one after this. Uh, but, you know, it was like, talk about something that you didn't have as a child that rich people have, and you just went and sat in your car. And I was like, Ugh, you know, like, damn. And there's so many little feelings that come from that. From one, I'm a big believer in being grateful for what you have right now. Like, yeah, work hard and, you know, be ambitious, but take a moment to appreciate. And I was like, oh my God, I have a house. Like I didn't have a, a house that we owned growing up. I, I didn't come from that kind of money. Um, and that little, that's that little 15 second video. Boy, it hits, right? Like right in the feels. I'm curious, you know, when you share stuff like that, do you feel like you can share that with the, you know, I don't know your family dynamic, but does your family support you in that kind of stuff? Because I know the community will celebrate these stories, but how does that work for you in your personal life? So in my personal life, my brother is one of my best friends and he is also one of my most devout TikTok followers, like comments on all my things and he gets it and he supports me and his opinion really matters to me. Um, my dad, I didn't know him for half my life. I know him now. Um, but he is, uh, partially deaf. Well, he's mostly deaf. He's partially blind. He's illiterate. He doesn't know what the internet is. I don't really have a relationship with him. So he really wouldn't even know that it's happening. And my mom, I mean, we're sort of just waiting to see if she finds some of my content. I mean, it's <laughs> a year and a half and she hasn't found it yet. So we're just going to go with it. And, you know, part of me feels like we are responsible for our own actions and the stories that other people tell about our actions are of our actions, right? So I feel like I never talk about my mom's name. I never allude to who she is. I never sort of say trash talker or tell really explicit stories. But of course, there is a connection to her in my childhood trauma. And of course, there are things that she has done that have hurt me. But I really try to do what I can to protect her and to protect her identity while still talking about the really hard things like growing up in poverty, like growing up with a mom with undiagnosed mental health disorders, things like that. So that, you know, even if she were to stumble upon my content one day, it's not like I have taken her name and spread it all over town, right? So that's my hope. But I mean, we'll see. I like to live on the edge. <laughs> you phrased you phrased that beautifully, actually, because it's something I've often struggled with myself. Like, how do you tell a story that isn't perfectly wrapped up with a bow that's happened to you? So it's part of your narrative, but it involves other people. Like, I've right. often been like, how do I do that? But you're right. Like what you just said about the actions, like they happened. It is true. And how can you position it in a way that isn't dragging your mom because I don't feel that. I don't even, you know, watching your content, it's not like that. It's like, oh, I relate to the experience you had, okay. you know, and you, and you have been able to, you know, create content in such a way where it's not just one topic, which I think is lovely because it allows you to have more space to grow and develop what you want to create and reach different audiences and then be able to share authentically. Because sometimes that is the word triggering. I find it tricky with TikTok in particular is that, you know, I find creators will find a niche 
and maybe it's like very specific and then you can't move from it because it's like, it's hard as a creator when you pull back the curtain and you're getting millions of views, let's say, per per video because they follow a specific niche. It's like, well, sometimes it's scary to want to create outside of that. How do you build upon what you've created, right? Um, I remember there was a video, and this was a while back, uh, where you were talking about the TikTok algorithm. And it was just like a funny one. You're like, I don't know what to create today. So I'm just here. Hi. Like, it was like there was like a nonsense video. Tell me a little bit about that. Like, how has it been, you know, kind of being thrust into this industry? You said you were working towards a teacher's degree, you know, and now you're like, oh crap, I gotta like be here, create this content, create a ton of content. What does that even look like for you? Like, let's back it up. How much content are you putting out, let's say, a week or a day on TikTok? Too much. Um, (laughs) I'm an Enneagram 3, also known as the Achiever, which means that when I do things, I need to do them well and I need to do a lot of it. Uh, And I have a hard time not um, sticking to the plan that I have in my head. So I, I used to post three to four TikToks a day. I now probably post about two TikToks a day. And on Instagram, two to three posts a day. And so I will reuse usually one of my TikToks as a reel on Instagram. I will post a quote and then maybe a picture or an old reel, like an old TikTok. And that's one of the beauties of joining Instagram in January is I had a whole year of three to four TikToks a day in my back pocket. So it's not like I had to create every day. I was just like, oh, let's use this old TikTok. So that really got me through a long time, but now I'm sort of, I'm just making it every day. And it's a lot of work. It is a lot of work and I really enjoy it and I love doing it and I love connecting with women and I love building a community, Uh, but I struggle on the days when I'm not feeling creative and I have a very, um, I don't know what to call it, like an all or nothing mentality. I struggle with depression. I've talked about that a lot, Mm -hmm. but when I get in a low and when I'm feeling uncreative and when I'm feeling uninspired... I have a difficult time being like, okay, tomorrow you probably will feel creative. It's not a big deal. I get a little bit like, oh my goodness, what am I going to create? Like, what if I've run out of ideas? Like, what if I just <laughs> stop having things to say? <laughs> and that's so, that's like, uh, I've never dealt with anxiety before, but I feel like all of a sudden there is that little bit of anxiety and that little bit of fear now that this is my job. And now that it's not just a hobby and it's not just something I enjoy but it's something I'm making money from is that pressure of you can't run out of ideas tomorrow. Like you need to keep having thoughts and ideas and you need to keep creating. So there is a bit of stress that comes with it. And so it's such a double-edged sword because I've never felt more fulfilled. I've never felt like I'm more passionate about something I'm doing. And yet at the same time, I've never been more like, Oh my goodness, like we have to keep doing this. Like almost like that little bit of anxiety there that I've never had before. So it's good though. Like I love it. I love every day waking up every day. There's so much to do. And I love that there's so much to do. I hate being bored. So that's for real. Like I've, I've been doing this a long time. I don't know if that feeling ever goes away of, you know, that dip, because I I think it's unrealistic to think that we're not going to compare ourselves to other creators that we admire that are in our in our little sphere who do what we do. And like you said, you have a low day. I mean, I was just talking on my YouTube channel the other day about like my PMS is me. It's just like, hey, imposter syndrome. So for like three days, I, I forget. Ever, I'm like, I quit. Like, I'm just gonna walk away. I, I don't care. I'm not creating any more content. I suck at this. And then I'm like, oh, that's what it was. Like, I need to make a note, little like reminder every month to like, 
Don't trust your thoughts. I literally did. I messaged my, okay, so the weather, where we are in Ontario, the weather got terrible about last Thursday. And that's when I started being like, oh my goodness, like, I don't know if Uh I can do this. And then it got worse throughout the weekend, like really bad. And it hit a peak on Sunday. And then finally, like shark week started, you know, (laughs) and I was like, oh, this makes so much sense. Like the weather changing my hormones. But for like you said for four days, I was like, what am I even doing? Like, why does anybody follow me? I don't have anything interesting to say. I don't have anything new to make. Like I can't do this. And literally two days later, I'm like, you know, four posts in the day and all these thoughts, all these things to say. But like for five days, I'm like, what am I doing with my life? (laughs) It's so normal. It's so normal. And it's, it's wild because when I look at what you're doing, like, damn, she's like a machine. Look at all this content she's putting out. I mean, you know, sometimes you follow people on a certain platform. So I was following you on TikTok didn't follow you on Instagram. I was like, pardon. So I get over there and I, you know, there is definitely ways that we tailor content for each platform. It looks a little different. Right. And I was like, Oh, this is lovely. Like she's really developing what she's doing off of TikTok, And it's wonderful to see fellow creators just be kicking ass. And so, you know, it's hard though, to look at ourselves and think those same things. So I get it. it um, you know, when I think back to when I first started and even today, having peers and friends and acquaintances within the community makes a big difference, I found. You know, I felt like an island when I first started. I'd lived in Malaysia for a bunch of years. When I came back to Canada, I really wanted to make a go of this professionally. It was at a time where it was kind of the industry was just changing a bit and there was an opportunity to make some money. But as you as you build these relationships within the creator community, I find it really does help you feel like, oh yeah, like I remember that it's not just me. There's all these amazing people. And recently you attended a little conference. I wish I'd known about it. It would have been great to meet some creators, but how was that? How has your experience been with creators in the space? Do you feel supported by your community? I would say that 98% I feel supported. Like I'm always surprised by how amazing people are and how genuine people are and how helpful and kind they are. Um, I love this whole idea of women supporting women and we, there's room at the table for all of us. So yeah, I generally, I feel supported, but I will say that part of my like five day lull recently, I was like, I'm so lonely, not lonely, like day to day. Like I work alone and I love it. But like in those moments where I have a question or I have a concern or I have a worry, I'm like, I'm, I don't have teammates. Like I don't have work peers. I'm not in a workspace where I can talk about it. It's literally me being like, what do you think about this? Oh, we think this. And I'm just talking to myself all day. <laughs> so I'm like, I almost like I need to like find like a group chat or like a group of creators to like feel like they're like my workmates almost. So that is, it is interesting learning to work on your own not only from home, but on your own, like you're not a part of a team, like it's you yourself and you, and you're your boss, which is awesome. And also terrifying. You have to be self-motivating and it's brutal. Like what you said about being lonely. I struggle with that a lot. Like I live outside of Toronto and I, you know, I have an agency that I work with and I love them. And so every time I go to Toronto, I stop in and I visit and I connect. And then when there's any type of like creator event, I'm there. It is amazing when you can meet those creators where you just vibe and you can ask a question or even just like, 
I love having those lunches where you're, you have an idea, but you just want to like roll it out with someone and just like, yes. just talk yes. about this. And like, you're yes. not going to steal it from me. Maybe you'll even like, tell me a great, a little something I can add to it that will just enhance the success. Cause here's yeah. the thing, what I truly believe is that if you are making great income, then I know that I will also make great income because I'm in the same industry and you are demanding your value appropriately. Therefore, it raises the bar. And I love meeting new people and like you said, bouncing ideas off each other. And that's part of the creative process too. It's how creative can you be when you're alone all the time and not interacting with others? I honestly feel like some of my best content is sparked by having conversations with other people, other creators, things like that. And, you know, we need each other, even though we're working alone and we're at home, mostly like in our office doing our thing or whatever, like we need each other um, for a multitude of reasons. Absolutely. I mean, even you and I got connected really through another creator and I'm like, that's awesome. I love that. That's how, you know, some of these relationships can get started. So as we wrap up this chat, I am curious, you know, you mentioned what your schedule is for posting, which for some may seem overwhelming, right? Like two TikToks a day. And how are you coming up with all of this stuff on Instagram? But I know that there are things that is like, yes, do this. Definitely don't do that. Do you have like a firm little tip you would give people for creating, let's say specifically on TikTok? On TikTok, I would say I have a few tips. Be authentic. Don't try and do somebody that you're not. Whatever you're interested in, whatever your humor is or whatever your style is, there are other humans on this planet who will line up with your values or with your content and they will find you. And you're not going to be able to continue doing it for the long run if you try to be something you're not. So be authentic. Hook them in the first two seconds, but get to the point really fast. Make lots of content and don't be afraid to mess up. I would say for every... 45 videos, I make one goes viral. And you know, of those 45, 20 of them bomb. So don't just expect to go viral. Don't expect to do well. And it's okay. Just make lots of content. The more you practice, the better you're going to get at it. And just be authentic. Don't take yourself too seriously and just make content. Lots of it. I know they like practice doesn't always make perfect, but practice does help you get much better and see what catches as well. You're kicking ass at this and I love what you're creating. So don't stop when that imposter syndrome kicks in. I mean, we should just form a group. There could be a few of us who could like get together monthly and like pump each other up. They can follow you everywhere at Diary of an Honest Mom. Yes. And next week I will have a website, a blog. So by the time this episode goes live, her website will be out and ready for consumption. I'm going to leave some links below. Thanks so much, Libby. Thanks so much for having me. This was really great talking, actually. Well, I just got back from New York. What? Where was I? You were at home. Doing oh, yeah, I remember that. Thing. That was awesome. How was that? It was so fun. Isn't New York fun? It was the first time I was there since I was 15. Wow. How many years ago was that? Like three or four years ago? Just three or four. Definitely like a totally different experience than when you're on a school trip with your music class. You know? Yeah, that's not even a trip. You could go to like the mall. <laughs> it's the same trip. It was fun. Yeah. Yeah, it was amazing. It was really cool to be in the city, to feel like you're part of something, even though it's like wild times and everybody's, well, a lot of people are wearing their face masks walking around. Yeah. But I definitely needed more time. Like I tried to do as much as I could and I left with sore feet, full heart, 
but with like so many things I wanted to see, you know, that you just couldn't get to it. I was only there for a day. Well, you saw some stuff, didn't you? I did. What'd you see? So the first day, got there kind of early, tried to check in early at the hotel, no go. So I had to do like a quick bathroom change, which was a little uncomfortable. Pretty bathroom though in the hotel. And I was in the meatpacking district. Mm -hmm. So from there, took an Uber, went to an event, which was lovely, learned some stuff. And then I realized after talking to you on the phone um, that I was actually like right near the 9-11 memorial area in the Tribeca area. Right. So that was really cool. I, it was like the sun came out. It was a beautiful afternoon. So I booked it the four blocks or whatever. It's a really big area. So yeah, I've only been there when it was under construction. Ah. So I've never seen it. It was beautiful. Yeah. Like that huge monument in the center. I don't know what you would call it, but it's where all the names um, of the fallen are written around. And then there's this beautiful like water. It's a it's a huge water display. And it's just like, you just don't speak. Like it, obviously, I was there alone, but I just found myself just taking videos and pictures of the place. And um, it happened to be on Esme's birthday, December 8th. Mm-hmm. And I noticed that there was a couple of these white roses around on different people's names. And they put a, a rose on people's birthdays, Oh, which was really special. And I was standing by a rose taking a picture and then up walked a family. And it was the dad of the family it was his birthday, too. So we had a little chat. Oh, wow. But it was beautiful. It was so cool. And it was so pretty, you know, New York and the just holidays, all of the lights up everywhere. Yeah. Um, did I, you go to Rockefeller Center? I sure did. Well, yeah. so then I ended up, okay, so back at the hotel, took a little mini break, filmed the TikTok, you know, as you do. Um, and then I made it to a Broadway show, which was awesome. I saw Hades Town. Oh, wow. Originally, I thought I was going to see Wicked or Lion King or one of like, you know, the big that have been around for a long time. Uh, but then uh, someone from my audience messaged me and said, Hades Town. And it was just one woman messaged me and I looked into it and I was like, holy smokes, went Tony, like multiple Tony Awards, uh, Grammy Awards. It's just amazing. And I'm like, wait a minute. It almost felt like potentially seeing Hamilton before Hamilton became Hamilton. Oh my God, I you would know? love to see Hamilton. Well, Hades Town felt like that. I couldn't take my eyes off the people when they were on the stage. And I kept reminding myself like, Holy smokes, these are like the world's best performers on Broadway in New York. Like, what? So it was lovely because like when you're when you're by yourself and you're traveling and you've probably experienced this, like, do you find that you kind of make fast friends with people? Mm, sometimes, yeah. Like you're just like, especially if you're at like a show. I was sitting there and there was two women beside me and I was just alone. So I just started to talk with them. And then we, we were like friends throughout the show and chatted at intermission and stuff. Oh, that's good. That's cool. Yeah. And then I called you after the show and I was hilarious. I called you at Times Square and what did Jackie say? (laughs) What did he say? I don't remember. remember. No. (laughs) I'm like FaceTiming the fam. Times Square, all this amazing stuff around me. Jack's like, mom, can you approve this app? Oh, yeah. (laughs) I don't even know what the heck he was talking about. (laughs) It's like, what? (laughs) So then I realized... Again, looking at maps and there's like maps everywhere, right? It, you know, on the streets, but then also on your phone. I realized how close it was to Rockefeller Center. So then I booked it up there, saw the tree. That tree is so much smaller in real life. Yeah, it's like they shoot it from their knee level or something like that. Something. You always see it. Yeah. It's wild, but so pretty. So many people. Yeah, it was awesome. But then honestly, that's all I really had time for. Because that was just the one day. And then the next day, honestly, I was so sleepy because I had gotten up at 3.30 in the morning to catch my flight and everything. Probably didn't sleep. 
No. By the time I went to bed, it was like 12 midnight. That's a lot of hours. You got to like work on that. <laughs> well, I had to see stuff. So then the next day I had this like kind of secret mission. I was like, maybe I could get up early and go to, you know, Grand Central Station or I don't know. And then I woke up and I was like, what are you talking about? Go eat French toast and go home. So yeah. that was my trip. Oh, that's cool. Did you like the... Uh... Did you like the, um, when you're in Times Square, did you, did you do like the stand on the, on the pinnacle there and do the spin and like, wow. It seems like they must have renovated that in years past. Like, I don't remember it being, I don't know, in my mind, I forgot like how you can just freely walk all that area, like in the middle of Times Square. Like, it's just like, it feels like a huge sidewalk basically. And there's just people everywhere and displays. And it was, it was really awesome. Yeah. I it's, just couldn't stop smiling. It was fun. It's kind of one of these cities, like when I was flying overseas, I think the thing that really stuck with me is that we started off in actually staying in Queens. Mm. And so I would take the subway from Queens into Manhattan and walk around. And then in the later years, um, or when I went there, I mean, I went there for many, many years. Um, I started exploring Queens and Brooklyn mm. and what a different experience that is, you know, to, to experience like neighborhood bars and restaurants and where people know each other and that stuff. I find that Manhattan's a little bit like it's kind of. Well, it's like that for me anywhere. I need to walk off the beaten path yeah. a, a little bit. And one time, I mean, the first time I met people there, um, you know, I learned about this little crappy diner in near Hell's Kitchen. And I used to always go there for breakfast. And, you know, so that kind of thing. Okay, you bring up a good point because... After I got back to the hotel and I had just done Times Square, I was a little overwhelmed. Like it was a little buzzing in my brain. Like, damn, that's a whole lot of city. I feel like I just witnessed, you know, yeah. but it's a very small. It's just a small little it's a area. Very, you're, you know, um, one of my friends, one time I flew there, one of my friends who's also a pilot flew down and we met and we walked from Central Park South to Brooklyn uh, to uh, Harlem. And then we walked into Harlem and stuff. And, you know, like, it's just so amazing how the city changes from a commercial, boom, 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 you know, lots of sounds and all that type to go into Harlem and, you know, walk around there for a while. And, and, uh, I love to see people in their real environments. Totally. You know, not like it's like, I think, okay. Cause you know what I was going to say is that, one of the highlights was actually on the first day when I was just kind of waiting for my hotel room. I was walking around and as I was walking, I'd found like a list, top 10 restaurants to go to in this particular area. And I saw the name Dante and I was like, oh, cool. Anyway, so I walked into this restaurant and I found it. First of all, it was so pretty on the outside, all decorated for the holidays. And then when I went in there, oh my God, it was like so beautiful. Like whoever decorated this was amazing. And I sat down and, the, and you know, it was kind of early for lunch and I was talking to the host or the manager, whoever. I said, well, what should I order? What's nice on this menu? And he goes, well, actually we just won, you know, one of the world's top cocktail bars or martini bars, one of the top 30 martini bars in the world. I was like, how did I end up here? This is so cool. Well, I had a martini and it was, it was exceptional, but it was like in that moment, you know, I could hear the group of four women behind me on lunch and their accents were so cute. And then the grandmother and the granddaughter beside me just chatting. And it was like real people 
living real lives who lived in New York, not tourists, you know, going crazy, getting the Krispy Kreme at the corner of Times Square and like so much chaos, which is fun too. Yeah. But I know what you mean. Like you, you want to see like, how are the real people living here and fun even to like people watch and see what the fashion is right now. Yeah. Which PS is like dad sneakers and oversized trench coats like everywhere. <laughs> it's like, really? that's what, yeah, that's what everybody's what are wearing. dad sneakers? You know, like those big clunky New Balance sneakers. Oh yeah. They're yeah. kind of like, and not necessarily dad sneakers, but everyone's just wearing like really cool, like Nikes and really fancy footwear, but comfortable. Yep. I was probably a little bit jealous because I wore boots that kind of hurt my feet. Um, and then like cut like warm, comfortable, cozy layers and stuff, which was fun to see because, you know, that changes so much depending where you are. You know, we're sure. in a suburb. I dress for function. <laughs> so yeah. it was cool to see like, what are people doing in the big city? And it was really, it felt neat to be part of the world for a minute. Yeah. Yeah. I guess it, yeah, there's a lot of, uh, but there's a lot of that in, in every city. The thing I find about well, New York, the United States in general is that number one, like people talk about food. They're like, yeah, they just eat hamburgers and hot dogs. And no, 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 no. There's no better food to me on this planet than in the United States. It is amazing. The portions are lovely and the food is fantastic. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you're going for the, um, you know, the Atkins thing or something like, you know, if you're going for the paleo diet or I don't, I like, don't know any of those diets. You're not, yeah. you're not, you're not, you're not, you're not well, you'll probably find a place. I'm, yeah, you can find a place. But what I'm saying is that it's enjoyable to eat there. Mm. And, and, you know, it's one of the places like when I used to travel a lot, I would go to, well, like Southeast Asia and whatever. I, I liked to eat on the street because it's cheap and totally. it's good. And the only other place that I really felt that well was like New York. Mm-hmm. But I used to go to like, you know, places where I I was like, I packed my own food. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Because I'm just like, I'm not paying the amount of money. But anyway, what I'm but saying that's is a very different, For yeah. sure. A different experience when you're literally a professional what was, traveler. What was getting down there like? It was a little bit um, in my mind. It was a lot worse. But Any actually, tips or tricks you can share with me? So when I... When Take you, my holiday. <laughs> I would say whatever airline you're traveling with probably has a hub, like a website where you can see everything that you need. And I would encourage people to look at that. I didn't know that that existed because my flights and everything were being booked by a third party. I didn't have like all the information at my fingertips, but that really helped print everything out. I know that's like a kind of a waste of paper, but I found it really helpful because it was just like, here's everything I need. You can see it. I can see it. Thank you. And they basically approve you to fly. So this is the newest thing, right? Um, I took all the tests. I probably didn't even need to take one of the tests, but I did it anyway. And it proved to be very helpful because that's the big thing is the lineup is now at check-in, right? Because they have to prove that you're safe to fly. How long were you in the country? You know, all of that stuff. It's And people get frustrated and lose their patience, I think, in general traveling. So this was something added. So it was that initial yeah. kind of chaos. But then once you get through that and you're, you stamp good to fly and you get your boarding pass, smooth sailing. Security was a breeze. Everything moved along, at least on the day that I was traveling. I did hear some complaints from people that like coming back into Canada, going through customs was a bit of a nightmare, like hours. But for me, it was, I was 30 minutes from plane to my 
car. So, oh, that's good. Yeah, it was. I'm really glad I went because for a minute there, I really questioned whether or not a 24 hour trip was worth everything I had to do to go. Well, it was paid for. Well, yeah. And also, it was a freaking trip. Like, it was so, I feel, I feel exhausted to be perfectly honest because it's kind of my busiest season. So, like, not ideal to take a trip, but I'm glad I went because it, all like, you know how I get, I get nervous really before I do anything no, new. No, don't. <laughs> Never. <laughs> get no. super nervous. Um, but I'm glad I, I did it anyway, because on the way home, did not have the same nerves. I mean, I had, you know, that delicious sleep you get when you fall asleep before you've even taken off. And then you're like, you're like unconscious. Basically. I don't remember. Any of- well, you're usually flying. So like, I wouldn't recommend falling asleep before takeoff. But when you're in the passenger, you know, your passenger in the back, it was so I had like a beautiful little cat nap because what New York LaGuardia to Toronto is like 52 minutes or something, you know. Anyway, I'm so glad I went. It was yeah, really fun. Sound like a lot of fun. It was really fun. Then I mean, gosh, it's like hit the ground running, right? Coming back, all of this holiday prep activities, Esme's birthday. Baking Ooh. to do presents to wrap. Oh my God. Don't even talk about baking. I'm looking at presents to wrap. Oh my God. Should we mention the one thing that we're going to be doing in the next couple of days? Go ahead. Well, I think I mentioned it last week, but we went on Instagram and we garnered, is that the right word? We re-recruited my community, this amazing group of people who are listening right now. And if they were able to sponsor or donate to our family that we want to sponsor this holiday, they could. And in the end, we tallied at about $1,800. Pardon me. Yeah, it was great. Oh my God, it's amazing. For, For this family that we know actually their son's a friend of our son's. And I won't, we don't have to elaborate, but life's shitty right now. Yeah. It's and, a little and it's wild. shitty for a lot of people, but you know, this hit close to home because you know, when you, you always hear, yeah, that sucks. Mm-hmm. But then you're like, okay, well I'm going to go. But then when you know them. And usually every yeah. year, and I, I hope I'm not repeating myself because I am a little tired, I must admit, but every year I kind of secretly, you know. I donate, you know, whether it's like a grocery gift card or an e-transfer or something to a, usually a woman, like a single mom in need. Yeah. Um, and yeah, this year I was like, well, you know what? I don't have as much uh, liquid cash. So let's see. I don't think anyone do. has any liquid cash. <laughs> I was like, what could we do as a village? And we shit, did we pull We could put a for sale through? sign on the lawn. We'll have yeah. a lot of liquid well, cash and then. Still an option. But I'm so excited because we got. I'm going to give actual cash because I think that that is so helpful when you've got bills and things, you know, Christmas right around the corner. But then I also bought a couple of gifts. So we've got, you know, a heated blanket for mom because she loves to you know, sit on the sofa and she was telling me how cold she gets in the evenings and she can never just get warm enough. Am I looking at the gifts right there? Yeah. And I've got like things for the daughter who's um, in her, you know, late teens and we've got like a purse and a gift card to a store. I think she might like a lot of little chocolates and things I get from creator stuff. Like brands will send me usually a little too much, which is really nice. And it's nice that it'll go to someone who could use it. Um, And then for the boy, we got him a Nintendo Switch Lite and I mean, a community member sent me a game, like a brand new game. They bought it and sent it. Honestly. People are so supportive when you reach out. They really are. I mean, I think that people that have um, these 
heirloom type jobs. You know, yeah, I was going to say stability. Yeah. You know, they have stability in their jobs, not heirloom type jobs, but they, they kind of realize like, holy crap. Like, pandemic proof. Yeah. Pandemic. Well, within reason, I guess yeah. none of us are pandemic proof, but true. Anyway, that's good. It's, it makes you feel nice. And I hope you enjoy the socks I got you and they're mine. What? Go, we're saving money. You better not have got me socks, sir. Although socks are cozy and Anyway, point is. Well, what the point is, we're peeling back or we're pulling back on what we give each other and we're just kind of throwing it out there a little bit. Oh, I can't be bothered with that. I feel like we have a lot, you know, like I don't really want for anything. Um, But but like more sleep would be nice. I I could use eight hours of sleep. (laughs) We should do that. Give each other a day off. We'll be gifting this to the family in the next couple of days because by the time you listen to this. um, But anyway, it's really exciting. And if. If permission is given, then I would love to share a little, you know, a photo or even maybe. A oh, reaction, yeah. I mean, the whole know? thing is, is you don't want to. That's the last thing you want to do is, you know, if if people. It's nice to share. It's nice to make people feel good by sharing. It's right. nice for people to see people sharing. But sometimes that's it's not like. Even the end result. Yeah, that's not why we do it. My God. It, well, it's. Yeah, it's it's not. And it really it is not why we do it. No, it, it is. It is maybe years or maybe in other years it was like a little bit more i think no there is like a whole genre of people who do like these giveaways for like notoriety but it honestly just makes my heart so happy well and it's not us giving no it's i mean not we are us. giving because we're giving some candle proceeds mm-hmm. from energy from the friend apothecary um but people reached out and like you just asked you're like hey, can you get to this family? And people were super generous. Like, oh, just yeah. like, yeah, here, here, here. And I will say it's like, like wild. there was a couple of big donations and they know who they are and it blew my mind. We, that's, yeah. yeah there was a couple of big donations. It's amazing. What I wanted to say is that, you know, when you, th- you hear that statement, like every little bit counts, truly, we had donations of five, 10, $15 Whatever. was probably the most yeah. common. Get the change and off your... All of that equaled nearly $2,000. So it's like, Crazy. it it really blew my mind. So I'm really thinking like, maybe for next year, I plan a little bit more in advance and see what we can do. Like maybe there's multiple people we could donate to. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'd- we can have a fundraiser where, I don't know, we could get someone to donate a space. Oh, at- wouldn't that be fun? That w- oh, it'd be so beautiful. Like- and like I could strip or something. Oh my God. <laughs> takes it that well that place maybe one day when the world allows us to gather you know it would be really fun to do something like that where the you know maybe the ticket sales would go towards donating or i don't know like yeah i wonder what variant will be on then oh god so depressing. what the hell i i, I had a little mini meltdown and i won't get into it but i had a a little i'm tired the variant's freaking me out like holidays right around the corner it just was a little bit too much yeah it's you know? too much and you know what it's like when this pandemic wasn't happening it was always a problem with christmas yeah. and people like you know stress <sighs> like like they're it's just pan- they're panting and it's a good thing there's it's not snowing oh my gosh because people will be show i gotta get the turkey and shovel and <gasps> heart yeah. attack and die in the snow <laughs> But we have so you, we, you have a snowblower now. Oh my god! So my chances of dying in the snow are very low, unless I maybe run I don't you like over snow. with the snowblower. So we still got we still have a chance. How small could you chance. Do that to me, it's a bit dark. Anyway, well, listen, 
I need to I need to wrap it up. I need to but go yeah. to bed. Oh, and I wanted to say, um, get ready, folks, because next week we're still going to be coming at you, but with a little holiday special. So be sure to tune in next. Is that Thursday. with me? Yeah, me and you were doing a Christmas what? special. So uh, get ready for that. It'll be fun. I love you, Santa. <laughs> Santa. Hey, Santa. Let's just talk like that, though. I love you, I want a train and, a t- and I want a toy plant. Oh, gosh. All right. Well, we're going to wrap it up. Okay, bye, Dean. Bye. And it's favorites time. This week, I, I dug deep into things that bring me joy. And they might be simple, but friendos... They are powerful. So my first one is that midday coffee break that many of you likely take. For some reason, a couple of weeks ago, maybe months ago, time is all a blur at the moment. I stopped drinking my afternoon coffee. I have a feeling it's probably because I was working out a little bit more and maybe had a little bit more pep in my step, but that is not the case right now. I need all the caffeine all the time. So I have one giant cup in the morning that I brew in my coffee pot. I set that sucker overnight and it is ready when I wake up. So that gold. The midday one though, um, I don't really plan as far in advance. And I find that I'm running like from task to task lately that I just like I need that coffee as quick as humanly possible. So I've switched to decaf. I'm ashamed, but it tastes so good. And it's like, where you been all my life? So lately... I've been using, I'm pretty sure it's the Nescafe Gold decaf. It's in like, it has like a gold lid. Um, anyway, she good. I boil that kettle, a scoop in a little bit, depending on how big my mug is. Touch of sugar, a little bit of 5% creamer, good to go. And I think my favorite part about it is that it is piping hot. Like I require my coffee hot, 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 hot. You know, back in the early days of new motherhood, I would reheat coffee. And listen, you do what you got to do to survive, okay? But we're no longer in that survival place with my children being, you know, 10 and 7, nearly 8. So yeah, we're not in that place. So I I treat myself to a hot coffee and it is worth it. So anyway, that is my recommendation. You know, Amanda, don't shame the instant coffee. It's not just for camping. It's delicious. Next item on my list, you may have seen a bit of a silly TikTok where I'm wearing all of my Tim Hortons, Tim Biebs merch. So yes, I got suckered into it. I bought the toque. It's cute. In fact, in fact, I bought two toques because I have two children that were with me and I am weak. So I bought the toques and then I bought the fanny pack. And you guys, it is the fanny pack of my dreams. Number one, it is corduroy. Do we remember? I think it was three episodes ago where I was telling you about my love of corduroy. It is, it is strong. But this fanny pack, first of all, it ain't cheap. Okay. I think it was like $29.99. That is an investment in a fanny pack. And if you're from a different part of the world where fanny means something else, (laughs) it's the little, you know, you, you clip it around your waist and it's like a purse that you wear in your waist. But it's corduroy. It's brown. Of course, it does say Tim Beebs on the front, which is like, it's a little extra, but it is huge. It holds my giant wallet, 
you know, it could probably in the summer hold your phone and like a water bottle and other things like what? So I do love that because I've been a big fan of my Lululemon one, which is definitely more compact. Great if you're doing some sort of workout or running or something like it's handy. Uh, But I do find in the summer, like I would wish it was a little bit bigger so I could put a water bottle when I'm going for a walk with my kids on those hot summer days. So anyway, fanny pack of my dreams. Just had to let you guys know. She she's a beaut. Last one for this week. If you are a dog owner, you likely walk them, right? Sometimes I don't walk mine as much because I get lazy and I get busy and I have a giant yard. So I'm like, just be free, go run. But they love to go out there, right? Of course, as the weather is changing and you know the days are shorter, I find I'm out there at night and that doesn't bother me so much. However, I want to make sure like people can see me and also see my dogs. I have a little dog who's only like about maybe 10 pounds on a good day. Um, And she is black. So if she bolts, which obviously, you know, that doesn't happen very often, but I just want to make sure that people can see her. And so I got these little dog collars, found them on Amazon. They charge up and you turn them on and ours are like a neon pink, this really bright pink. And I only put them on the dogs when we're going out. It's not something that they wear all day long. They could, but um, yeah, I charge them maybe once a week, once every two weeks because I don't use them as much. And I'm sort of just getting into the walks with them now because, you know, in the summer, the days are longer. We don't need those light up collars as much. But anyway, if you haven't found one for yourself, I highly recommend. And they just make me happy when we go for a walk. Like they look so dang cute walking with their little pink necks. So anyway, that's my little, you know, three things for the week. Oh, and one more thing about the collar. I know my sister, she's got two bigger dogs and they live in more of a rural area. And she puts them on the dogs at night too when they just go out in the backyard, just in case they happen to end out, you know, in the road or something. Like it's just very visual. You will see that bright light likely before you see the dog. So it's also just good for safety. And those are my three things for the week. Can you believe it's like one week till Christmas? Oh my goodness. So be sure to mark your calendars because on the 23rd, which is next Thursday, is that in fact the 23rd? Let's double check. It, it is. It is. Uh, Dean and I will be coming at you with a special holiday episode. So we'll talk all lovely holiday things and uh, I'll share a few of my favorites for the season and maybe even a few little gift ideas like pretty last minute, but hey, you know, it is what it is. All right, guys, thank you for listening. And I will catch up with you next week. Friendo is produced by Amanda Muse with producer Dila Velasquez. Audio editing by Ali Ashbacker and Amanda Muse. Production and sound design by Rob Johnson. Can I ask a little favor? Can you share this podcast with a friend? It's the best way to help get Friendo into new ears. Please rate and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Find me on Instagram daily at Amanda Muse, YouTube for weekly videos at Amanda Muse, and TikTok for some laughs at Muse Amanda. Thank you for listening and join me next week.